everyone. Welcome to The Huddle. We have two guests on today, and I'm excited to introduce both of them to you. We have Scott Eckert, who's the Senior Vice President of Next Generation Retail and Principal at Store Number 8, and we'll talk about what that is in just a second. And then Srini Venkatesan, who is the Executive Vice President of Global Technology. So both are working in technology and innovation and the customer space, and the list goes on and on. But now, Srini, thought maybe we'd start with you. Um, you've got a global tech team. You chase the sun in terms of how you, you develop, you and your team, and how you work. You, uh, you've had a career in, in tech in Silicon Valley. So, that, you know, start with your career and what brought you to Walmart. It's the reason I started in Silicon Valley, because I was an electrical engineer, real estate designer to start with. So I, I was building chips, and uh, some of the chips that I built are in the Mars Pathfinder that's why for every person who came from India, Silicon Valley was the dream if you're doing anything in Silicon. So uh, ended up there after doing my master's in University of Louisville, Kentucky. So started there and then I realized that if I were to do a startup, I can't be in the Silicon space. So went into software and landed up with eBay. And uh, the eBay was where the e-commerce 1.0, right? There were two commerce at that time. One was marketplace, the other was retail. It was divergent. So we started there, and then I moved on to more roles at StubHub, which was a vertical marketplace in tickets, buying and reselling, uh, where I was the CTO and CPO uh, for five years. And then I decided to go to a startup world. Uh, I went to marketing automation software called Marketo uh, and took it public from, from being an, a small company, So, which has now been acquired by Adobe right now. So it's been a great journey. So when I went through that, and then I started, I did advertising at Yahoo, where I was responsible for about $3 billion in ad revenue at Yahoo. Then the e-commerce bike came back. I wanted to do the next generation e-commerce, and Walmart came calling. And I felt Walmart is the right place for e-commerce 3.0, which is marketplace retail plus Omni. So that was, that was the dream for which I came to Walmart, and it's been a dream ever since. That's great. And, and we, uh, we're an interesting blend of, of a lot of things you've done in the background. We have an advertising business that's large and growing, we've got a growing e-commerce business. And then we have our, our physical environments where we've got over a million and a half associates who are now using the products you and your team build all day, every day, and it's making a real difference. So excited to have you in, in this position. We, we get to talk a lot. And uh, glad to get to introduce you to, to more of our friends who are watching. Um, Scott, maybe same question for you. You've had a, a long, interesting career, and and I'd love to hear the same. What what got you from where you started to where you are now? I could do the same uh, the same the trend that uh, that Srini talked about the um, internet and a whole set of uh, tech companies thereafter. Um, I uh, went to undergrad at Stanford when it became a strategy consultant, uh, then went to Harvard Business School, and then got the, the tech bug and joined Dell. This is, this is back in the mid-90s. And I was an early internet entrepreneur. I, I built the Dell e-com business, which at the time was the world's largest e-com platform in the internet 1.0 days at least. The, uh, but I was, I was bitten by the entrepreneurial bug and actually left Dell and went out and became a CEO and started several companies in in different businesses, uh, mobile devices, robotics, consumer electronics, and went through the, the, the cycle of starting from scratch, building a team, raising venture capital, scaling up the business, and then ultimately selling it. And 
I found myself um, at the end of all that, after about 20 years of, as an entrepreneur, I was briefly in venture capital. And I still had the bug to be involved in lots of different entrepreneurial activities and help coach and guide entrepreneurs to go build businesses. And I found this opportunity at, at Walmart in store number eight, which is very much around encouraging a set of entrepreneurial investments for Walmart and helping to build new technology. So it felt like a little bit of being an entrepreneur, it felt like a little bit of being a venture capitalist and all about Walmart and Walmart's customers. It all comes back together. And, and there's a story behind the name store number eight. Do you, do you mind to share that really quickly? First, store number eight is a name. It's actually not a store. Right. We borrowed the name from a store. So um, Walmart's eighth store was in Moralton, Arkansas. And that was the source that Sam Walton used to test new ideas in the early days of Walmart. And so we've sort of borrowed that name as a brand. It's a, it's a nod to the past in Walmart's innovation history, while we're, of course, being very focused on the future. That's right. So we, we have an entrepreneurial history and we encourage people to, to think about how we perform and transform at the same time. But, you know, at times the, the jobs are big and you have time to perform and sometimes not every role and not every person and not every team has has the time to try to transform the same. So hence the reason that store number eight exists and as it does today, the, na- the name obviously attached to the innovation center. But but you you and the team, you know, look a few years out, you're thinking more like the three, five or even 10 year time frames you know, past what we're working on today. And a number of those things that have been have been built have been implemented. So maybe Srini, start, start back with you. Talk about a couple of things we've done in Store 8 that are now making their way into the mainstream. Uh, the two things that I graduated from Store 8, I, I would start with the uh, in-home delivery. So in-home delivery was something that uh, we did about uh, for two years now, start, I think. And I, that, that's something that has uh, graduated. And this is now part of the mainstream right now. And uh, we are now delivering people's items to their fridge or to the pantry in the room. So that was one of the store eight ideas. But the other one that recently graduated is what we call intelligent retail lab. This is all about computer vision. Computer vision is becoming more and more part of everything that we do right now. So that's something that has been incubated at uh, store eight. And we did that recent transition about like three months ago into the mainstream. And we're using it for asset protection right now. Right. So vision is the core technology, which came out of intelligent retail lab. And, and Scott, you and the team have, have thought about a lot of ways to use vision, including using vision with augmented reality or virtual reality. How do you think that, that uh, those technologies come together to shape retail shopping in the future? Or, or even maybe a, a more near-term question, how do those technologies work to help associates perform in the near term? The power of computer vision when you combine it with AI is there's near-term applications for customers and associates. And then, yeah, there's, there's longer term things like, like, uh, like augmented reality. We're focusing right now, uh, Srini was talking about shrink prevention, which is, a, which is an important one. We're also focusing on uh, detecting out of stocks and inventory levels and freshness of produce, which are all things that customers in, inherently want and computer vision is a great way to go test that. We're also working on how do you get computer vision with associates to help them do first-time pick accuracy, for instance, to help them identify when shelves are out of stock or misstocked and the, the wrong thing is in the wrong place and it needs to be adjusted. All of that is the blending of computer vision in a store with the, uh, the artificial intelligence on what the store is supposed to look like or 
computer vision looking at a banana with artificial intelligence and what that banana is supposed to look like when it's fresh. And those sorts of things make it very easy for associates to do, to do their work and for us to deliver our services right back to customers. The vision technology application, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago when I was a store manager, what, what I did a lot, of the, a lot of the day was walk the store, look at, look at the store, things I would see, and then I would apply judgment that I had learned mm-hmm. from training methods or other people teaching me things along the way. And, but it's time consuming. You know, the super centers are about four and a half acres in some cases and at hundreds of people in them and, and the demands on a manager's time or an associate's time or a team lead's time is they're high. So they, you know, they've got a lot to do. And, and if we can help take out the number of times you have to run to the front, to the back, or to get something to get a question answered, it's, it's really helpful. And, you know, one of the things they're thinking about for, for computer vision is it, it can only see what we see and then we can interpret it. So there, there are things that we can do and some, some limitations, but, you know, I'd love to hear about um, Sereni, how you're thinking about then the associate experience and things like this pick or, or helping uh, associates be able to get more done in a day with less friction. As we think about computer vision, what it does is, like you said, it's seen what we are seeing. Now the intelligence is in what do I interpret from it and what do I do with it? And we are trying to do two things, right? Like, uh, especially like when we do Wispet and we're doing it in the bathroom of the uh, uh, store, you are seeing hundreds of cases, but then to be able to isolate that one case that you need to pick, that's where the computer vision with the intelligence behind it, and then an augmented reality with, which projects it back on the device, on the case that needs to be picked, makes, makes it very easy for that associate to just pick it and go, right? And we are also thinking about more future innovations where we can wear glasses and associates can see through the glasses and things get highlighted on what to pick. Uh, so a lot of uh, use cases, what we want to simplify is the cognitive workload on the associates to the extent possible. Uh, we, we don't want to completely remove the associate. It's more about automating and assisting and making their life much more uh, easier by augmenting computer vision capabilities into their normal workflows. Yeah, that's right. We want to save time. I, I remember when I first started, I would, I would come in at five o'clock in the morning this is when I was in college and coming in at five o'clock in the morning when you're in college isn't always the most fun thing because you're up late studying or, or whatever else, but come in at five, take a piece of paper, make a list of what was low or empty, then go to the back and try to find it. And, and then we moved obviously to scanning, but scanning still requires you to scan each and every box. And sometimes the labels don't work. So we're just trying to, to take all those processes and simplify them so that the real value add is you're able to do more of what's what's really enjoyable, which is keep inventory in stock for customers or pickers or order dispensers. Um, Scott, so uh, talk about the team and, and the way you're structured. And if, if I'm an associate somewhere in the company and I wanted to learn more about store number eight, what should I be thinking about? Yeah, so uh, we have a relatively small central team and our, what we do is we focus externally, identify tech trends, market trends, see what's coming and where Walmart should invest. The, the idea is that we look around corners and go after opportunities with an uncertain outcome, but a big potential if the idea works. And then it needs to be developed, tested, iterated before we hand it over to colleagues like, like Srini. So we then, once we identify the idea, we build a startup focused on that idea and it runs fast right next to Walmart developing their tech. And we get it to where we've proved it 
de-risked it, iterated to a final product and merge it into Walmart. So there's all sorts of opportunities for associates from strategy and understanding the market and the technology all the way to getting into what feels like a startup, although it's obviously inside Walmart in the early days of something new and going building new technology. So we have associates from all over the company that are in various projects. We have eight different projects within store number eight right now that are all running simultaneously. And they're exploring lots of different core foundational technologies that will make a big difference for Walmart in the future. So when people want to know, are we innovative and can we operate like and think like a startup? Well, of course, the answer is yes. Be confident, yes, because we do run startups inside Walmart and we have people who have started startups and, and, and move them on to scale. And as they begin to move, begin to scale, they move to Serini and team. Um, last thing, Serini, um, technology. It can be uh, intimidating. It's, it's complex. Um, a lot to think through. But the end result, what you and the team are trying to do are take these big, complicated ideas and, and simplify them. So how, how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep things from being too complex and too complicated and keep large teams and probably every time zone around the world focused on simplicity for the end user? It starts with the customer, John, right? Like, so we, we need to really, whether it's an associate or customer, we need to understand what they really want. Sometimes uh, one of the things that I've been, I've been I'm learning over the years is sometimes uh, people start to do technology for sake of technology. Uh, you need to first refine to technologies for enabling business, right? I, I think that's the core motto that we try to strive in our teams, right? So when that happens and then you think about the customer, now we look at it from a customer pain point perspective and we collaborate with our product partners to do a great job at it. Once we get there, I think like what we also try to do is we try to identify products which are completely reusable and completely modular and thinking so that like we try not to create things which are very monolithic and do one thing or do a lot of things together. So we break it down into components and then we try to make sure that we orchestrate it in a nice way so that we help uh, functionality. I always call it, break it down to the physical level of what somebody is doing and try to then say, what can technology do for you, right? And then you can help them to assist, inform, or automate, depending on the needs. And, and that's the other right thing that you have to do is you cannot expect, uh, the analogy I use is, you don't want to give a pilot an autopilot in a plane, but take away all the display controls. That's making them trust too much. You still have to show them all the info, but then you take the chore out of it, cognitive workload out of it, but they're able to engage anytime. So those are the core principles that we do, and we try to build software as a service. So if we can do all that together, what happens is once it's modular, once it's broken down, we can do it over the multiple time zones. It becomes very easy for us to build this separately, and multiple teams can go at speed in parallel. And last but not the least, we've always talked about it, John, it's the science and the math, right? Once you've built the execution engines, then you want to make sure that the math and the artificial intelligence is making sure it's really thinking end to end. Walmart over the years, we have gotten very good at local optimizations, but now as we think into the next generation, we have to think about the end to end optimization. Now does math help us from end to end? So we are spending a lot more thinking on the data science and the math to make it happen. So breaking down into components, serving the needs properly, 
and then really i mean an end to end vision which actually makes sure that everything works seamlessly uh, are the ways that we are trying to push that into the next generation of walmart at the end of all of that we have great tools like asam and our people who are listening to the people who are using the product and using the work and you never stop iterating so sky as as you step back and think about you're looking a few years out you're creating startups you're innovating it moves to Srinian team once we get into what we call alpha and beta testing and we learn and then we figure out how the best way we can scale these things is so important because it's such a, a such a large operation um to be able to uh to move things into as Srinian your analogy on on uh, aviation is a good one and uh, one one of the really important things a pilot always always wants to know was airspeed and you have to keep your momentum up so so Scott you got to keep the momentum up keep your airspeed up when it comes to looking for new ideas and new ideas to explore and Serena we got to keep our momentum up this is this is a business that that almost runs like a sports team momentum really matters and when it's really good it's it's a lot of fun and if it slows down it can it can become tougher so you've got to keep looking way out and then managing the short term but i just want to say i think thank both of you for coming on and thank you for what you're doing your teams there are making a difference in in both innovation and scaling thanks a lot thank you and thank you john